Cross the cross course cow across the crowded cow crossing carefully. Dude, there's no way I'm <laughs> Cross the cross course cow crossing the crossing of the cross Oh, uh, you were you had it in the first half. All right. The cows, you know. Cross the cross course cow. Cross the cross course cow. Across the crowded cow crossing carefully. Across the crowded cow crossing carefully? Yeah! Is that it? <laughs> that was it. Dude, I can't, uh, yeah, that's, that's too much. Digging in the crates for something, yeah. Hidden gems off the misunderstood. You know there's no such thing as too much Miscellaneous important stuff Welcome back to the show. Today I talked to my friend Will. Will and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum career-wise. He is in accounting. I'm in video. But outside of work, Will has a growing YouTube channel. He also plays cornhole and softball and a lot of other things that you might not typically think of as competitive or as moneymakers, but they are. So we spent 40 minutes getting into that. We also spent some time talking about pogs at the end of the episode. So if you remember pogs, make sure you listen to the end of the episode or just fast forward to the end of the episode. But it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Here it is. Will. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Anytime. Uh, tell me, what is your favorite? How are you even gonna? What are we gonna call this? Competitive recreational sports? Yeah, yeah. That's probably like a good moniker for it. It's like if you can play something competitive in a sport where you can actually hold a beer in your hand. Ah, that's what we're gonna talk about. That's even better. That's a better <laughs> way to describe it. So, what's your favorite one? Oh man, it's uh probably cornhole. It's got to be cornhole for sure. I mean, that's what I do all the time. So. And why? Like, how'd you get into cornhole? I mean, I've played cornhole and cornhole's fun, but I'm not like competing. Yeah. Pretty much everybody that's like tailgated has played cornhole in their life at some point. Yeah. But the cornhole that I'm talking about started like six years ago, I think is whenever I started playing in a league and making cornhole boards and getting serious. And so there was a league in Dell city at the American Legion with a bunch of, you know, old yes. people and, you know, veterans and stuff. And uh, so we went out there, a bunch of my buddies that I play softball with. Uh, we don't do anything during the winter. We don't play softball in the winter. So we decided, what the hell, we'll go play cornhole and we'll team up. And so met a bunch of people out there like six years ago is whenever this started and had a good time. And then all of a sudden we got really good at it because we had so much fun and we started playing it out of softball in between games so i probably played you know thousands of games of cornhole and thought let's go play in a tournament and so we ended up going to a tournament and pretty much winning the first tournament we ever went to was it local like yeah it was in choctaw so it wasn't like a huge tournament there was probably like maybe 30 teams or something in it and we were there all day i mean it was like 10 o'clock to like two in the morning type of tournament so how many people were in a tournament like that I mean, there's, there's 30 teams, so you got 60 people 
and then you're at a bar so i mean there's a bunch of people kind of roaming around i played in tournaments that were a lot bigger than that like recently i played in a tournament that had over 120 teams in it and that's teams of two yep teams of two and so you got a ton of people and uh so back whenever i used to do it a long time ago it wasn't as competitive as it is now so we kind of got out of the whole cornhole scene um, at the wrong time probably man uh so yeah i, I won probably like 2500 bucks playing cornhole over like a couple year period and then you know we just play casually here and there but uh the people that i played in the league six years ago they took it like a step beyond and kept playing the whole time and practicing building their own boards playing at home all the time to the point where now they're going to texas every weekend to play in these huge tournaments of like 300 to 400 teams jeez and like i think in that league there's probably 10 people that play in dell city that are ranked in the top 50 players in the state of texas let alone oklahoma like they're essentially the best players in oklahoma and then they're also the best players in texas but can you make a living doing that that's a good question i don't know it, it it's so one tournament we played in was at louis and it was an all weekend tournament and it was me and my buddy we played the whole weekend got down to the championship game so the championship game first place was five grand damn so we played a professional team from texas that travels every weekend to play in these tournaments to win the money essentially the team we beat before them was an all-girl team of two that was that came with that team that's like a professional women's team in cornhole and so we played them and they so if you're listening you've played cornhole they literally made it in the hole every single shot and we're playing outside in oklahoma wind which was the most impressive part about it so they ended up beating us and we ended up taking home five hundred dollars for second place instead of five thousand dollars <laughs> so if you're trying to make a living playing cornhole you're probably gonna have to be like the best of the best. it's not like there's like 20 professional players in oklahoma that can travel around and make a living like yeah. you have to be the best players because you're kind of gambling in a way too because right. if you have an off day then you're oh yeah you're, you're losing money like, yeah you just you lost your 25 or 50 dollar entry fee or whatever and you just go home so tell me, for, for anyone who hasn't played Cornhole, tell me, like, give me a quick overview of okay, what you're so, trying to do. So Cornhole is, there's two boards. The boards are four foot by two foot is the size. And then they're slanted kind of at an angle, and they're 27 feet apart. Now, each board has a six-inch diameter circle in it that you try to make the, corn, the, the bag in, essentially. So everybody, like both teams they get four shots a piece and you alternate shots. So you can play strategically or you can just make it in the hole every time if you're that good. Um, but yeah, the bags are four inches by four inches. Oh, I was gonna ask that if they're like they're, they're regulation. 16, 16 ounces, so they're a pound each. So if you think about it, the bag is almost the same size as the hole. So that's the kind of the difficulty factor in that. And like the skill for players nowadays is they can literally fly it in the hole on every shot. 
So if you throw your bag first and you throw it in front of the hole instead of sliding it into the hole, nowadays everybody is just throwing it into the hole from 27 feet away into a six inch hole. We're just dropping with it With a in. four inch bag. So if you think about that like in a basketball term, that's like if you shrunk a basket by like, like probably six or seven inches and then had them shoot the same basketball and try to make it in the hoop. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the like the precision that comes with like cornhole is insane. So talking about that, last weekend I played the number one player in the state of Oklahoma in our league. And uh he ended up beating us. He flew, you know, all his bags over mine. We had a pretty competitive game. I'm not I'm not good anymore. I'm not at that level anymore, but I'm but pretty good. compared to like someone just hanging out and playing in their backyard, how good are you? Yeah, if if I showed up at a at a party or something like that and somebody had some cornhole boards, I would probably put a lot of money on myself being able to beat anybody that was there. Like that's how good I am at least. But Yeah. I there's people that I know that can pretty much beat me every single game. I mean, there's girls I know that could beat me every single game. Are you trying to say that girls aren't good at sports? I'm trying to say that <laughs> girls typically don't take competitive sports as seriously, usually. I mean, it's you just don't find as many like competitive-ass women, you know? Yeah. So there is one girl that I've known since six years ago, and she plays with her husband, and she actually became the number one player in Texas, number one women's player in Texas, and she could go out and beat probably any guy I, I know. So... It's definitely like a co-ed sport. Like my partner on Thursdays is a girl and she's really good. She's trying to get really serious. Yeah. So, something like that. You don't need like, it, it has nothing to do with strength or speed, right? It's, right. It's, yeah, it's, it's all about like touch and accuracy. And that's the cool thing about it is it's like anybody can play. So we have people in the league that are, you know, kids like that. There's a, a dad that brings this kid up to the league. I think he's probably like 12 or something like that. And so he plays with his dad we have older guys that are like army vets that since we're at the legion obviously they've seen us play so they've joined the league too yeah so we might have like a couple of like 60 year olds out there they're you know tossing some bags so it's kind of like bowling in that aspect mm -hmm. to where like you don't have to have any kind of athletic prowess to be good at it which is a big reason why some of these guys are so good at it because they you know they don't play normal sports and they found a sport that they really like they might not be the most athletic people in the world but they've learned how to play a specific recreational game very, very well. It's kind of crazy. It's, so it's still competitive. Like you still yeah. get to have that part of you without, you know, being right. a football player. Yeah. And that's what, like, as you get older, you kind of like a lot of people, especially in America, you know, competitiveness is something that you just live with. So, you know, as you get older, you're still competitive. So you got to find some way to be competitive and, you know, people find their recreational sport to do that in. Yeah. And that's kind of why I like cornholes. Cause like you can literally be anybody and be good at cornhole. You just so you said you played play the number one person in the state. Yeah. Yeah. He beat me. You, okay. Yeah, definitely. Like By it, a lot. Pretty much all of those guys up there can beat me. There's probably a, a good 20 guys that play and in, in in the city of Dell City that can beat me. But if I went to somewhere else, that's not really a thing because Cornhole's kind of developed kind of in Dell City to be like this thing that everybody congregates to. So we have people from the north side, from the south side, like everybody kind of congregates to that area because they know there's so many competitive and good players there. 
Yeah, it's Dell City's not the first place, place I would think of. No, definitely not, man. So what's really funny about that is uh, the same Legion that we play cornhole in, they actually have uh, national shuffleboard tournaments there. I was just thinking about shuffleboard when you <clears throat> yeah. were talking about playing a sport that you don't have to be like physical in. Yeah, so I, I have a, a my cousin is is number five in the nation. That's at, crazy. At shuffleboard. And so we actually, back whenever we were playing cornhole with me and my friends, we would play cornhole and then we would go into the bar area and they have two shuffleboard tables set up and we got really into shuffleboard. We loved it because the tables are so nice. I think they said that their tables are 20, 20 grand a piece. And they have Why? they have about forty of them in there, so if, forty grand. So if you think about it, there's there's like a ten building in the middle of Dell City that probably has a good three hundred thousand dollars worth of shuffleboard tables. Is it, it just because they have to be made so perfectly? Oh yeah, it's crazy. Like they they make them super perfect, and I mean they're so long that they actually have these things on the bottom that are like weighted where you can adjust the weights of them because the boards warp over time. So you have to adjust the weights underneath the board too, to make sure that the board stays perfectly flat. Mm. And are there like certain companies that do that? Like I specialize mean, in that? Yeah. I, I don't know where they got those, but those shuffleboard tables are like industrial essentially. So you're, you're not going to be able to like, you can go buy one, but no one's going to buy one and put it in their house unless they're like Tiger Woods or something. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to play some shuffleboard. <laughs> Maybe we should get into uh, building shuffleboards. Yeah, I'm tables. telling you, man. Yeah, my, my cousin actually told me a story about a, a national tournament they had there one time where at the end of the tournament, there was a couple of really competitive guys that had played earlier and kind of got into a, sort of like a, a, a talking grudge match. And both of them were high rollers from out of state and they ended up betting $60,000 on one game of shuffleboard. Whoa. Yeah. Do like, were these guys that had that kind of money? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, the, there's some like super competitive shuffleboard people in the world. And, uh, so whenever we were learning, we actually played my cousin one time and, uh, he, I mean, it was, it was crazy. We would throw the shuffle, you know, the, the weight down there to the end and he almost wouldn't even look like he would just throw his like hand down, grab a weight, throw it nonchalant and just knock us off every time. And then, <laughs> so we did that for probably 10, 15 minutes. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to beat you guys real quick. And then he, he pretty much just put every weight in the perfect spot, every shot. And what's crazy. really crazy about that too is a, another time I've seen a guy up there that's blind that plays shuffleboard competitively. I can see that though because your other senses are so heightened. Right. You get the, so good at the it. The thing about shuffleboard is you kind of like you use the side of the table as a guide too whenever you whenever you throw it, or at least the pros do. So he pretty much just gets set up on the side and then he has somebody describe where the weights are on the other side of the board and then he throws it. And that dude could beat anybody I know That's in shuffleboard, nuts. and he's blind. I'm sure. Oh, he could probably hustle a lot of people too. Oh yeah, I played a little bit. <laughs> uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm blind, so yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. Man, it's always. Do you think <clears throat> trash talking is? I'm having a hard time imagining trash talking for any of those sports, like cornhole, shuffleboard, like any of these recreational sports. It seems like so over the top. A cornhole i've i've almost fought people in cornhole man man uh, yeah it's, it's been there's been some very like rough 
rough patches where me and somebody else get into it and get really competitive and maybe they like counted the score wrong and then we get into an argument yeah maybe it's just a deal where they're talking you know trash the yeah, whole what's, time what's the trash or they're just like? arrogant I, I don't know man it's it's kind of tough like it it's it's like everything you pretty much just trash talk to the person that you're playing against so you might hit on like some you know the way they look or whatever yeah yeah you never know man <laughs> i don't just, do i don't do much trash talk anytime i'm i'm playing a game i'm usually a conversationalist so i try to like play a distraction game okay so i that's the thing about cornhole is there's definitely like a psychological factor whenever you're playing somebody because you're sitting literally right next to them the whole time so you can definitely get in their head at some point it just depends on what you want to say so i'm more of like a friendly so you're not being aggressive you're taking a different approach but there might be a guy that, that, that's aggressive to me and then i kind of have to change my tune a little bit See, but to me the weird part about that is it's not a contact sport I no. think that's when it always comes out, like the trash talking, because you're like running right. into each other. It's very physical. So it's like it comes out without even thinking about it. You know, you just start saying stuff because it's high intensity. True. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard it, to imagine it in that environment, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that you can do that with anything competitively, though. I mean, you could do that with um, you could do that with I mean, bowling. Have you ever, never talked trash while you're bowling? I don't know if I have. <laughs> Because when I bowl, it's much more casual. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I got you. I'll get competitive with myself, but I don't want to be the guy that like gets too competitive while bowling with his family. Yeah, man, you just got maybe you, maybe you just got to get more competitive. I don't life, know. Man. Maybe I am with certain things, just not with all things. So, is there something like non-contact competitiveness that you could see yourself talking some trash in? I think probably if I knew I could win. Because <laughs> you can be really confident talking the trash, like yeah. There's nothing worse than talking trash and then losing. Oh yeah, it's terrible. So I like it's a big backfire. Yeah, if I'm like I can be playing checkers, and if I know I'm gonna win, then yeah, sure, talk trash all day. See, there you go, like some board game trash talk. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So yeah, it's not. It's not like you have to be contact sport. No, I just think it comes out more naturally when you're doing that, right? Yeah, because you're like physically dominating another person. Yeah, you definitely like talking is kind of secondary to that. Yeah, because I'm not even like I'm pretty mellow, but like when I play soccer, that's when like it'll come out for me because it is like there's a lot of contact. There's <clears> a lot. It's like it's just it's fast. It's people saying things, knocking you into walls. It's like. So do you have any happens. any super competitive like soccer players? Do you know? Oh yeah, like well, I I mean just last night I played and it was just is awful because everyone was so competitive. Like I didn't even, I didn't even want, I just want to play for fun a lot of time now. And it's just like, it's people are so it's the arrogance. It's, it's overly competitive. And I, I don't like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with soccer. Like every week I run into those people. Yeah. I think that's a, that's like a thing now though. Like people want to be good at something. Yeah. So for sure, you know, that's, that's a big reason why a lot of these people become super specialized in certain things. Like I'm definitely like the all, all around recreational guy. Like there's nothing that I do all the time at all. Yeah. But you're also not like terrible at anything. You just, you're no, not I'm, number one. Right. I've kind of always been like that. So it's kind of natural for me to just be a good player at everything. There's pretty much nothing I suck at besides volleyball. Oh, come on. I can't play oh, volleyball. volleyball. Okay. Okay. Save my life. 
Uh, so let's play some volleyball. Yeah, don't pick me up for volleyball, man. <laughs> I am awful. <laughs> I was just playing that over uh, the holiday break. We went to on a cabin trip and we were playing volleyball. It was at the cabin. They had a volleyball net, and I was like, I can get into this. Yeah, we got a little competitive there too. Even though we were all terrible, we were all terrible at volleyball. But I could see that being fun. So, uh, have you ever heard of pickleball? Yeah, but I don't know much about it. So I know I've heard the the name i think if there was any other sport that i would get into right now and try to be like super competitive it would be pickleball so okay. explain it it's pick, pickleball in in a quick explanation is a mix between tennis and ping pong so it's like right between those two okay so you play on like a basketball court kind of size and then your net is a volleyball net but it's on the ground and then you play with like a big wooden paddle that's like a little bit bigger than a ping pong paddle and a, and, and a wiffle ball. Is it shaped like a ping pong paddle? Yeah. Okay. And so you got like a court to run around on, but then you're sort of like playing ping pong at the same time. So you can put a bunch of spin on it and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's super fun. See, but I would, is that a recreational sport? Cause now you're like, yeah, now you actually have to like, move. Yeah. yeah. There might be like a little bit of athleticism that goes into that. A lot. <laughs> You're talking about running around, not just standing and throwing a, a beanbag. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't think I'm going to have to. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I think it'd be fun. But I definitely. I don't know if I can carry a beer while I, while I play, you know, some pickleball. You could. <laughs> you could try. You could do. Okay, so they have a walking soccer league now where I play at. I think it's for people probably who are older or they have some something where they can't run too much. That's you do that with pickleball, maybe. You just walk. A walking, walking. soccer league? How's that yeah. even work? Um, I've seen videos. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm going like, to have to look that up. That's it's just the like speed walk, but you can't ever... I don't know how they regulate it, but you, I mean, you can't You can't run. You can't jog. You have to just walk. That'd drive me nuts, though. Yeah. Could you imagine if it's like a fast break or something? You can't no, run. you're like just like <laughs> speed walking down. Man. Yeah, it would be weird. I guess there's not as many moles nowadays so you know the speed walkers got to get their exercise somehow <laughs> that's where they do it <laughs> like, yeah they closed my track down at the mall so oh man i don't know yeah so maybe he's like holding the beer walking around the pickleball court maybe man maybe so uh, another another fun one that's kind of just starting this year is uh, one of my buddies is uh this is his first year on the professional archery tour see that that would be fun. I would love to get an archery. Yeah, it looks like a ton of fun. I mean, he's got all kinds of sponsors, so he gets all kinds of free gear. And then he gets his travel paid for to travel around to wherever they need to go. <sighs> That's fun. And, like, talking to him about it, it's crazy the difference between a professional archer and somebody that's really good. It's like... Is it small? It's super small. He said it's like a centimeter. Like, that's that's the difference between somebody who's a professional versus somebody who's really good. So you know, talk about precision, precision sport, man. It's so to me, I'd see insane. it and go like, yeah, they're both really good. Oh yeah, they look exactly the same. It's like thirty yards out, and you guys put it within like an inch of each other. Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like no, 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 he's way better than me. <laughs> what? You guys look the same. Yeah. It's the guy that's got the NASCAR jersey on. Like he showed me his uh, his jersey, and it's got like a patch. It's just covered in patches. You wear a jersey for archery? Oh yeah, he's got a jersey, man. Because of the sponsors? Oh yeah. Big time. I taught archery, which is funny. Did you really? Yeah, but not because I was very good at it. <laughs> I was I was in Boy Scouts, and I was teaching Cub Scouts. So I worked at a day camp for Cub Scouts, and I taught archery. I was probably like 14. 
looking back now, I'm like, I should not have been teaching archery. How'd they let me do that? <laughs> I got pretty good at it from a shorter distance, but I don't know that I really knew what I was doing. We weren't using like those precision bows or anything, but I could hit the target in the same spot every time. We would do like water balloons, hit water balloons. That was fun, but just playing playing games yeah but i remember loving it like i wanted to learn more about it just because i had never been around it but archery seemed like just a really fun thing to do yeah yeah it looks like a lot of fun he's a big hunter too so it's like supernatural for him have you ever shot like have you ever done archery at all yeah my brother's a huge hunter so i've done a bunch of archery i've shot a bunch of different guns but i'm not really a gunner or like i don't know i don't like shooting stuff why not to be honest i, I don't know it just isn't that fun Unless it's a paintball gun and I'm shooting my buddy. That's about yeah. it, man. I like shooting. Have you ever gone ski shooting? I have, yeah. That to me that see, is pretty fun. When it's like there's a moving target, that's more fun to yeah. me. Yeah, a little bit like more of a challenge. Yeah, not just like shooting a just a, a target. Yeah. A, yeah. Because there's nothing to it. Hmm. I mean, I want some, like, I want it to be more dynamic. <laughs> I want to be like, uh, have you seen Keanu Reeves train for some of his movies? Huh. Oh, it's crazy. He's like, <laughs> he's training like a, like somebody in the military. He's got all these moving targets. He's running through this. Like the John Wick course. Yeah. He's <laughs> running through it, like shooting things that are moving. Like he's, and he's good too. That's crazy, man. He's training like, like a real military expert. Takes it seriously. And he looks like it too. That's pretty dope. That's why I want to be an actor. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> that see that it's funny though because that would be like a good reason to that would be why i'd want to be an actor is it just for the training for the roles and then you just kind yeah because if you were like someone like keanu reeves there's probably <clears throat> a lot of different things you get to do only because you're an actor yeah that is true you get to do like a lot of cool cool stuff yeah and they're paying you to train to do these things that otherwise you probably just wouldn't have done or wouldn't have known about right i mean i guess you can do it on your own but i'd really get paid for it yeah, man, the the method actors that like get into their whole role, man, that's so crazy to me. It doesn't just the psychological part of that is crazy to, to me. To stay in that character all day? Yeah. Yeah, those people are nuts. Super nuts. But then again, if it's really that hard to get into the role once you're there, wouldn't you want to stay there? Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah. But then you kinda end up looking like a big asshole as <laughs> like to the rest of the crew. Yeah, offset. You're like, dude, yeah. look at this guy. Like, I'm not calling you by that name. <laughs> <laughs> my name's abraham lincoln did you know <laughs> daniel day lewis he really he yeah. had to be called lincoln yes yeah, it's crazy man he's definitely the first person i think of whenever i think of method acting yeah and sure. he's good like he's, he's incredible I, I look at actors and i'm like whatever works for you but i wouldn't want to be around it if you're a method actor right i don't think i'd be able to take you so weirdo yeah like hey man <laughs> i i love what you're doing talk to me like a human oh my gosh <laughs> But I don't know. Didn't he retire? I don't know. I think he said he did after his last movie. Well, he does. He It seems like he does like 10 years between movies or something. So it's Yeah, like, then he wins an Oscar for each one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty much just a wrap as soon as he accepts a role. We just start printing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I, can never, I can never do those things. It's probably why I stay behind the camera. What do you... if? You, what do you think Daniel Day Lewis does for recreational sports? What do you think? What do you think his uh, his one would be? Man, he's got to be a he's got to be an excellent knife thrower. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a lot of time on the sets the set of gangs in New York, man. I can see that, that. he was throwing knives. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done axe throwing? No, but it looks like a lot of fun. You should go to uh, bad. I think it's bad axe throwing. Yeah, that's. I saw that was the one that opened up like not too long ago, right? I think it was a maybe it's a I year or two been longer ago than now. that. Yeah, it's been a little while, but they're new-ish. Yeah. I've been there twice. So fun. It looks like a lot of fun. You can do that. They start you off with the the double hand axe throw, and by the end, you can do like underhand axe throws and like. You do two axes at once. I mean, it's just looking like CP3 out there. Yeah. Just dropping dimes. It's cool. With, the, with an axe. <laughs> and they have like, so you can do games too. So it gets a little more competitive. So they have like targets and you have to do, you have to hit each section. I mean, it's great for like a party. Yeah. That's all. That's all I've heard is like people go in there as a, as like a big group. Yeah. The first time I went, I think they didn't, I'm pretty sure they didn't allow alcohol. So I'm like that makes sense. It does make sense. Axes, yeah. Axes. Now they sell it there. It's like the gun range too, man. They have gun. They have a the gun range on. I think Wilshire has a bar in it. So weird. But you like as soon as you get a drink at the bar, you are not allowed to shoot a gun. That makes sense for the day, essentially. So like you gotta go shoot before you go in the bar. But I thought that was so crazy. They threw a bar in in a gun. Yeah, range. it's insane. La- last time I was at the Axe Place. I mean, it's a small area too. The bar is basically where you're throwing. And yeah. as far as I know, there are no rules for <laughs> you have a drink, you can't throw. It gets a little... You're just winging it. Yeah. I mean, it's better better an axe than a gun, I guess, but... True. Still. It gets weird enough because if... I mean, if you throw it, sometimes they don't stick if you get the rotation wrong. Right. And it'll bounce right back. Not hit you, but I don't know if you're... Yeah. If you're drunk. What's the what's the weirdest recreational sport you've ever heard of? Um Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Big big nineties throwback. <laughs> yeah, because I would is qualify, there a right? Is, is there oh, dude, I want to start one. You should you should start one. That'd be amazing. My table over there, I'm turning into a tournament table. <laughs> so it's gonna have so of course nobody can see it right now, but it's like a it's basically a coffee table with the legs cut off, but it's a pog surface. And then I'm going to have this center ring in it where you stack the pogs. And then there'll be two areas where you have your own pogs. So it's like you're like going head to head. So I, it's it's been since probably 1995 since I played pogs. So whenever you play pogs, if you like win certain pogs, you get to keep them, right? Is that how that works? If you're playing for keeps, if like oh, okay, you go say play for keeps. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that was like one of the things I remember about pogs. I was like, I remember just taking pogs from my friends. Yeah, like I couldn't play like that <laughs> because it was like, listen, I didn't buy these pogs, <laughs> first of all, and I don't care enough where I want to give these up. But I think I bet in like tournament play, you would. It's just like if you flip all of them over, that's when you've won the round, I believe. I gotta look up the rules again too, though. Man, it's been so long. You could start. You could maybe start something, man. Oh, you I'm, could be like cornhole six years ago, dude. That's what I want to do. You could do it because I can. I'm gonna make a video about it, like a promo video, and then I'll have like just everyone from the office. We'll do like a small tournament because <laughs> i'll i'll have enough pogs where i could let people use them or you can like bring your own pogs there's lots of places to get pogs still dang that's insane dude and then i'll start selling them might as well man the Just second get your wave. collection together the third wave because the 90s was like the second wave of pogs was it there I was it had been around sort of like it was i think it was a game that was played in hawaii 
that was actually from uh, milk caps or like drink caps that they, they played that game. Uh, makes sense. This teacher in Hawaii brought it back to her students, showed them how to do it, and then somehow it just spread across the United States and then blew up for like two years. But they didn't have any patent on what they were doing, so like anybody could create pogs. Yeah, there was a lot of different pogs going on. Yeah, it ruined them. Yeah. They were making so much money for a short time. Yeah. And then it all just went away. Yeah, it's like a, so many examples of that throughout history. It's yeah. like yogurt chaps. <laughs> what? It's like yogurt chaps, man. You just open a yogurt chap. You remember whenever that was a craze? The tubes? <laughs> no, like a yogurt. Like you open a yogurt chop. Oh, yogurt Swear shop. there was like a hundred of them in a year. And yeah. then they all close. It's pretty yeah. much how pogs were. It was like 90s. Of course, another one is like yo-yoing. That's true. Is oh, that a I thing have... nowadays? I'm Do kids sh- have oh, yo-yos? It's def- definitely, but I think there's fewer people doing it. Because if you look up like national yo-yo champion, they're doing some crazy tricks. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's not the same. Like I got a yo-yo when I was a kid because it, there was a whole craze around yo-yos. Yeah, you got the butterflies or whatever. Yeah, I had like two different ones. <laughs> there was another one that would like make a noise and it would stay it stay down longer so you could do more tricks. Yeah, we need to get a yo-yo at the office, man. I might have ones there still. I had one there for a while. I was like rocking the baby and... Uh, Doing the... Do- walking the dog. The OG stuff. Yeah, the only stuff I know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't... That's kind of gone away. Yo-yos yeah. were fun though. They were super fun. Did you ever learn like uh Man, I knew like I was a basic yo-yoer, you know? I could do all the walk on the dog and the Eiffel Tower or whatever and some of just those. Just enough things. to impress the ladies. Yeah, pretty much, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's I've <laughs> learned just enough now to impress uh, <laughs> certain how's certain that, women. How's that working for you? Oh, it's great. I do it in the bar. <laughs> I'm like, everyone spread out. Spread out. Dude, that would be awesome. We need to do that one time. That actually would if you if people didn't know what was coming, I think you're about to like <laughs> dance. You could get like five of your buddies to like make it like you could set it up to where you walk oh. in and they just like surround you and you start doing yo-yo <laughs> tricks. That would be, you that'd walk be amazing. Out, you throw a cloud of dust down and you disappear. <laughs> be at the talk of the night. Oh, goodness. Man. Or walk in with a stack of pogs. Dang. There's surprisingly a lot of people who still don't know about that. I mean, it was... It was a really quick fad. And you had to have been like a kid in the 90s to know about that. Well, you, but an adult too. Because you were probably buying those pogs for your kids. Yeah, like my so parents sure. know what pogs are. Yeah. I don't know. So there's like that little gap of. That's true. It just happened and then it went away. So I got to bring it back for the kids today. Guarantee if you ask somebody that's, that's under 20 years old, they probably wouldn't know what a, a pog is. That's true. Makes me sad. It is kind of sad. <laughs> I think. My youngest brother, I don't know if he, well, no, he was like born around that time. So he probably only knows what they are because I've told him. <sighs> Keeping that tradition alive. Yeah. There's a, there's a page on Instagram that posts pog pictures. <laughs> well, you follow a pog page on, on I don't know if I Instagram? follow him. He liked a bunch of stuff that I posted because for a while I was posting pog oh, pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was doing a photo a day. And I was like, I was surprised that there's someone else out there doing it. That's dope. Man, if only he was around here, you'd have a two-person league. I know. You'd be, we you'd started be it up. Oh, please. <laughs> you would join my league. Oh, I'd be in it, man. I'd have to go buy some pugs, though. 
I'm they're go, all over the internet go hit up ebay or something right yeah now. that's where i got a bunch of mine now <laughs> the, all the ones on that table are from ebay yeah, there's some good ones cool, too man. so do you think you uh do you think 2k is a recreational competitive sport uh yeah definitely man that's what uh it's it's like the definition of playing a video game is a recreational activity it's true <laughs> that is the ultimate beer drinking sport because you're literally sitting in a chair like you know moving your thumbs around so give me your uh your handle <laughs> uh it's willie beeman eight <laughs> it's your boy <laughs> it's your boy <laughs> oh man for, for all the fans out there for, yeah it's for the fans but uh yeah so i man youtube is like this hobby thing and uh you know i started playing 2k a long time ago and every time i get a job i always try to do something that other people do where i'm at and so i was already playing 2k and like enjoying that so I started doing YouTube to be able to do video editing and graphic design. And uh, one thing led to another, and I started getting really serious at uh, playing a video game. And I uh, met a lot of cool people um, over the years. I think I've been doing YouTube for, gosh, man. It's like over three or four years now. It's a pretty good amount of time. It's a long time. Because I, I think, especially YouTube, that seems like something hard to stick to. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's always been my problem. I probably would have like a bigger channel if I was consistent, but I do it as a hobby. So it's like I'll do a bunch of videos one month and then not post for three months. Yeah. And then do maybe a couple streams and some videos. And so it's like, I think I have 220-ish videos on my channel over four years. If you think about that, it's like Still not really lot. posting much. I Still mean, it's a lot, lot of videos, but at the same time, like if you think about it over that time period... It's not that much. Yeah. So, so did you get serious about 2K <clears throat> when you started YouTube? Like, were you just playing for fun and then you had to get serious? Um, it kind of was like at the same time. So, when 2K15 was my first 2K to play like online stuff, and uh, I played that just for fun. My first ever video was on 2K15, but I only have one video from that that game. And then 2K16 is whenever I actually got super serious and was like grinded really hard and kind of was one of like the top people to rep up is what they call it. So like get your character, you know, as high as possible. And, uh, I met some guys that were really, really, really serious. And so they would go to a park is what they call it in the game. And it's essentially just like eight courts of three V three and maybe a couple of two V two courts. And all of your buddies join. And what we would do is we'd get in like a party of like eight people or nine people and we'd split up and we'd just go to different courts and we would just play for hours and see who could get the longest win streak. And so we would do that and we would be rocking like 25, 30, 40, 50 game win streaks over and over and over again against just, you know, random people. Yeah. And that was whenever I realized that, okay, yeah, I'm playing with some good players and I'm actually pretty good myself. And so I ended up switching over to playing 5v5 after that and meeting a lot of other people, which 5v5 is like the competitive e-league aspect. Um, so I met a bunch of people, played on like several different top 100 teams in 2K16. It's just pre is the e-league pretty new? Like for, the e -league, for 2K? This is the second season that's okay. getting ready to come up. So last year was the very first year that they did it. Um, 
which one of the guys that plays in the league I played with before, me and him aren't like super tight or anything. Um, but back whenever he was playing on 2K17, I met him through a sort of like a mutual friend and we started playing together and we didn't play together a whole lot, but he, he was the, probably the sweatiest, like most tryhardy video gamer I've ever met in my entire life. So this dude would never lose. I think his record on that game was like 6,000 and like 150. I mean, Man. Yeah. Like his, it was kind of impressive. Like this, uh, this guy's done like multiple times on the weekends. They'll do these tournaments where you go and you play for like four or five hours straight. And there's only like 10 people in the world that can place and get like these unlimited like boosts and stuff like that for their player. And he's won those things like multiple times. And uh, so what so kind I, of money is he making? He's making uh, he's making thirty seven k a year salary, which I think he only works for like six months. I think. So that, but that's just through the E League, right? That's salary. That's from just that. his salary, and then there's like one point two million in prize money from all the tournaments they're going to play. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so I know I've asked you this before. But is there a situation that you could find yourself in where you would be, where you'd want to pursue any of these <clears throat> recreational competitive sports full time? Like, could you see yourself doing that? Um, I could. I think it would be really fun. But me myself, no, because I don't have that like focus and drive towards one thing. I'm the kind of guy that likes to bounce around and yeah. do different things. So I couldn't focus on and like if I had to do the 2K league, if I had to go and play 2K for six months out of my life every year and that's all I did, I wouldn't I wouldn't like it anymore. Like I might as well just do my normal job that I enjoy. It's like it's kind of going to be the same thing. It just turns into work at that point. That's true. What if it was shorter spurts though? Shorter spurts, yeah, sure, man. I'd play like in a tournament or something random. But somebody said, hey. Willie Beeman 8, uh, we're going to pay $100,000 to do a stream today. See, the thing is, is 2K is one of the most competitive games that exists. Like, so you'd have to probably be all top in. four, like, selling games every year. And so the people that they're going to invite are the people that live their life through the game. Like, there's guys that are on Twitch that stream 12 hours a day every day, then playing this, this video game. I don't I don't have that kind of that kind of time or drive. I'm surprised that anybody does honestly. It's insane to be like I don't understand how these people like what their their mental their mental like capacity to do that is impressive. Yeah. Cuz I also like what I do, but I'm also not doing the exact same thing right. every day. There's a variety within what I do. Yeah. I can't imagine playing the same game, the same exact game over and over again every year. Oh, I'd lose it for 12 hours a day. But if you're making a bunch of money, maybe there's like an end game to that too, where you can right. say, well, I'm going to save up enough where I'm going to do this other no, thing. I'm just going to start doing my own, like whatever I want. Yeah. You got a fan base at that point. Cause if I knew that, if I knew that I was making a certain amount of money that could get me to that next level, then I probably would. Yeah. And that was a thing that they did for a while for two, 2k 15, 16, 17, really 18 and 19. But those three games, the first person to get the top rep or the highest overall that you can get, like essentially max out your player, like they are an instant 100K channel. 
that's like that was kind of like the thought like if you do that you get 100k like that's almost automatic yeah so there would be you know a group of like five to ten guys that would just go hard and just literally eat sleep and breathe 2k for two three months because the way that they set up the game it's so grind like grind heavy like you gotta play the game all the time yeah to get all the rewards so they would play 21 20 hours a day for three months and then whoever hit it first or second you know those guys would instantly get you know a fan base yeah so that was kind of like the thing like the short-term deal that some people did for a while See that makes more sense. Which you that's know a what small you get handful out of, of people, because that you have to be ultra good to be able to do that, and you have to kind of have like a different personality because yeah. you're playing the game 21 hours a day. You gotta be driven, and it's not just playing the game for 21 hours a day. You're playing the game at a high like competitive level because everybody knows who you are at a certain point. Like after like a month into the game, everybody knows who's like you know top sure so they got all their buddies coming out trying to beat you and all that so those guys are like facing really really like sweaty try hardy people every single game because you know you want to be that guy that's like oh yeah i went and beat so and so you know that's that guy's like the top rep yeah and if you're doing it for 20 hours a day i feel like you half the battle is just staying tired, awake right it's like how do you even <laughs> concentrate through that <laughs> i give up like i don't know i'm gonna go to bed yeah it's crazy man all right, well, we got to wrap it up. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Any last words other than done? Uh, no, nah, man. I'm, I'm pretty good, man. This is really fun. Cool. Well, come back. We could probably talk another six, seven, eight days about okay, all that man. stuff. We could talk about whatever, man. I, don't really I know. Care. We really didn't get into that, that, many, that many things. We talked about a lot of stuff off you know off of the the podcast that's true that, that was the super secret podcast yeah the super secret one I mean, we could have we could have just recorded two episodes today that'll be for the next one <laughs> be all right yeah come back and we'll do that one all right man i'm definitely serious about this pog situation i'm gonna have a tournament sometime soon so if you're interested in that let me know i'm gonna get that going and like always if you hated this episode Please let us know. If you like this episode, please let us know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please let us know. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.